Welcome everyone. I'm really pleased to be joined by Professor Jim McManus of various different places. Um, but I suppose, Jim, you're wearing your uh, Hertfordshire Director of Public Health hat on and and you're a member of the Faith, uh, the Faith Task Force or the Faith of Worship Task Force, um, which uh, we, you and I are both part of the moment, which sits under the Department for um, Ministry of Housing, Community Local Government, uh, Secretary of State Richard, uh, Robert Jimwick, and uh, Lord Greenhouch, who is the Faith Minister, who tends to chair our meetings most of the time. So we started doing these podcasts. You were our first back, mm, trying to think it was June or July 2020. This is now, we've had a whole bunch done. We're, we're about to launch a new season, so it felt right that we should come back to you. Oh. Boy, boy, has a lot happened since then. Um, and uh, and so you and I have been on this task force. It gives you a unique perspective, being a person of faith, uh, having a particular involvement with the Catholic bishops, obviously overseeing one of the largest and fairly diverse uh, county council's response as well. Uh, on occasion, summoned in to London and to number 10 to give briefings. Um, and... Uh, I don't think you caught COVID from that thing, unlike many other people going through there at that point. No, I think I think I think almost everybody else did. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah, so so you've got a unique perspective. So I, I don't know what what do you feel what what would you say about governments or even local governments' interaction with faith? What do, what does that tell us? What lessons you think if you were to do things again? If you were if you were in supreme control what would you what would you do so i think actually some of the faith stuff has been has actually been quite well done by government after the first lockdown so if you if you if we think back a year gosh um so i get to see things from multiple angles i get to see things from a national public health rule as vice president of ADPH. I get to see things from my local rule. I get to see things from the faith rule. I get to see things from the scientific rule. Um, and if you told me that, I, that, that within a year I'd, I'd have helped write multiple pieces of national guidance, including the ADPH guidance on um, uh, outbreak management, uh, and indeed, be doing an awful lot of vaccine hesitancy. I mean, I thought I'd managed yeah. vaccine stuff behind um, years ago after 20 years of working in it, and here we are again. Um, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have said you were daft, but um, uh, it's quite clear, I think, there's several big systemic problems. One is, as a nation, we have, we have to act quickly on things like COVID and decide for the long term. Uh, and I think we have to work with and be a team of teams. And I think government has learned through this process to work better with faith communities, I think, than it did. There was no choice about lockdown during the first uh, lockdown, I think, because we didn't know enough about the virus. Right, yeah. Where we got to with the third lockdown, the current one, is government has left it up to local determination uh, based on scientific principles. Now, that's the best of all possible worlds. Yeah. Because yeah. if you really think you can stay open safely, you can stay open safely. 
And if you really think you can't, then you are at liberty to close. Mm. And I, I still think faith communities provide a model out of this pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's some good things. I still wish government had worked a little bit better with local areas and faster and developed a team of team stuff quicker because, you know, we could have, I think we could have got some better results. They've realised that they need us to work together. And in fact, I'm now saying, you know, they need local areas to supplement contact tracing. Well, we're all doing that. They need local areas to help during lockdown in terms of articulating ways out of it. And we're doing that. And they need faith communities for multiple things. My one problem would be, I still think, like most governments in the past 40 years, they've instrumentalised faith. Right. Um, and haven't quite realised the multiple dimensions of it. And, you know, that letter which went from the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Cardinal and the others, which we had a hand in. Yes, yes. <laughs> we wrote the damn thing. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I think was a, was pointing out, actually, there are multiple dimensions to the importance of faith for our society and it's really important to health. Uh, so when we come out of this, I think we need to to get back on that agenda. I'm sorry, uh, I'm talking too long. No, that that's really useful. I just think it may be helpful. <laughs> this may be unfair to ask you for you to just break down what you mean by the instrumentalization of faith. I can't even say it. I've not had a drop to drink either. So um, just just say what that means to you. I I think I know what you mean, but I just want to make sure listeners are on the same page. Um, so I think quite often government has looked on faith as a delivery mechanism. Yeah. yeah. And and that's fine as far as it goes, because we're all there to make a better world. Yeah. Um, and we're not doing it for our own sake. We're doing it because we believe God wants us to be in this place doing this. But actually, it is much more fundamental. And the letter to the um, prime minister gave us the opportunity to articulate the fundamental importance of faith for people of faith as a as an energizing principle out of which comes our action for God's world. That's the first thing. So there's a theological principle at stake here. Um, but also the importance of faith for the health of our populations in and of itself. Faith is not a minority activity. Um, it is an activity of multiple groups of people and it is enduring and it is a perspective. And I still think I haven't seen a government really in the last 30 years that has taken that as seriously as it ought yeah. to. Yeah. No, I think that's 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 a really important point. And also it, there's a subtlety to it, which I think in what I'm afraid is somewhat a world of, of sound bites and very simple uh, gotcha statements. It's it's hard. It's hard sometimes to hold that in mind that, yes, there is a level which faith can make a difference to the physical and human needs. But there but there's that that other factor. It's not a it's not a dormant institution that's just sitting there. Uh, and there is there is something beyond. I suppose it's, it's trying to articulate that thing of ethos and, and spirituality as well. Uh, and as soon as I say it, I just feel it sounds airy fairy. And yet it's not that at all. 
And it's not that at all. And I think the letter, the letter to the Prime Minister from the members of the Faith Task Force articulated just how not eerie failure it is, just yeah. how fundamentally. And that's, I think, is the task for us. Both, both scientific, we have to articulate the importance of faith in policy terms, in scientific terms and in theological terms. And I think sometimes we get, we get, we allow the theology to become our outward discourse when actually it needs to be the energizer of why we do it. Right, right. No, that's really good. And actually, even within the task, I, I feel there are some different tensions, not the right word, but different perspectives. I think the task force has been quite good of representing into government between on the one side, some groups saying, and if I can summarise it somewhat crudely, it would be a lot easier, dear government, if you if you told us we all had to close because making a decision on a local basis, uh, clergy by clergy or leadership by leadership is quite tricky. And we're finding that quite hard to the other kind of. voices which i think you have well articulated which is actually faith when they follow the guidance uh are very safe in that sense let us remain open and do all those things that we want to do including uh the the solace and the the recharging as well as the the uh, providing for needs it, I, have you noticed those uh, those kind of two tensions kicking around? We, we've noticed them in faith action in some of the conversations we've been having with faith leaders. But I, I have, and I get, and I guess my I, my perspective is formed by the the first lockdown. It was the right thing to do, and I know I got criticised for it. To and it, and it wasn't my decision; it was government's decision, and yeah. I government's decision to close places of worship in the first lockdown because we didn't know enough uh and but we're in a different place now and um i think there is a need for faith to articulate a way out of this and they saying well government tell us all to shut actually i i think is not taking is not showing the leadership we as people of faith should be showing and what do i mean by leadership i think there's several bits of leadership We've got to articulate a way out of lockdowns where we live with COVID while it is endemic um, in a new world where there is a vaccine, um, well, multiple vaccines, um, where um, there are multiple variants of the virus emerging and where it is endemic. Now, we also need to articulate the importance of faith in in recovering from and coping with um, what what has happened to us. in the future. Now, I think the space of faith, which is more difficult, is to say, right, we will find ways of opening and operating safely. Because actually, if we can't open and operate safely, nobody else has got a chance. And certainly, places of faith are far safer than most supermarkets. Yeah. Follow the guidance. So, th- so this is almost an exercise in faith speaking into the public square yeah. about we can show leadership by showing how to live with COVID in charity and love for others because actually we care about god's world Mm. so there's a specific theological imperative for us to do here but equally at the same time um uh if you feel you can't then you have the opportunity to close and stay closed 
And, I, and that, for me, is the, is the kind of fundamental issue. And I think part of the prob- problem that people feel is that some leaders would feel they want to close, and then people within the congregations, for a better term, are saying, well, hang on, the government says we can be open. And, and I think that just becomes a, a case of being firm in terms of your leadership. You're a leader for a reason in that sense, and it's not always about being popular, isn't it? Yeah, and, and isn't safety a part? I mean, yeah. one of the problems is you've got this kind of personalised dialogue of, well, you know, I have a right to my church, my faith, my blah, you know, my place of worship, um, uh, and it's my right. And it's like, no, actually, the whole point about faith is that you, it is it is something lived with and for others, and and actually there is, there is something about, um, uh, you know, putting that front and centre. It is not a personal relationship with you and God. It is you, God, and neighbour. And if all you're interested in is the ability to go to church, regardless of whether anybody else gets COVID, then then you know, relook at your gospel, relook at the gospel. Um, and and actually, you're not reading the same Bible as I am, and I don't want to be reading <laughs> Bible. And if you think I, if you think that puts me beyond the pale, then frankly, tough. Uh, 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 diplomatic as always. Absolutely diplomatic as always. Um, you know, we are not here for ourselves. We are here yeah. for our people to keep them safe. Yeah. Articulating a way out of COVID is crucial, and that is a leadership task. And it is a leadership task. I think God is calling us to do. Yeah. No, I think that's that's very interesting and and tough. I'm I'm hearing. I'd just be interested in throwing this one to you with your DPH uh, hat on. Um, I was talking to a gentleman uh, about place of worship that he was visiting. He's very concerned. I'm trying to kind of keep this a neutral comment, but I think it may leak out as I described. He's very concerned about the particular nature of COVID in in his community, and he was in Sacred to me in East London. And he's saying, he essentially describes, yeah, there is, there's posters up and people are supposed to do things, but people are not, it's not being policed particularly well within the place of worship. And of course, what then goes on outside where people are hanging out is part of the thing. And his, it's interesting, his agitation was partially with the place of worship, which I think he thinks should just close, but also with the local council for not having checked it out and that kind of thing. Now, of course, I, I don't think they may well have checked it out at some point, but I'm interested. Um, there has been this, this, I, I know you've had shut down places. I don't think you've shut down any place of worship, but you've shut down places. I know places of worship have been shut down. And I think you've been very strong on saying that if a place of worship follows the guidance, there is very little risk. But of course, if anywhere it doesn't follow any guidance, there's a lot of risk. What do you think should be happening in terms of, um, how council should be interacting, advising, giving support and otherwise? Um, well, <clears throat> my experience is um, you get a lot more by being positive mm. and by articulating what you can do. And, 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 it, and if places of worship follow these guidelines, even with the new variant, all the evidence suggests they're safe, which shows that we were right to produce the guidance we all produced, actually, yeah. um, uh, you know, even if people don't like it. Um, and having worked with a number of faith communities here, we haven't closed a single place of worship. And, and also remember locally, we were the place that developed Remembrance Sunday guidance before anybody else. Yeah. Because our, our mindset was, what can you do safely? Yeah, yeah. How do you get people to do it safely? Now, those places I have shut have been 
markets, bars, pubs, clubs, discos, because they, they weren't um, able to operate safely and actually in some cases were flagrantly refusing to. Um, but most of them have done it with consent. So everywhere that can operate safely is a, is a victory because it, it inculcates behaviour in people. Yeah. It gets yeah. them to behave safely. And that's the thing. And if faith communities can model that, and, and if I might pick on a community, our Jewish community in Hertfordshire have gone out of their way to find ways of keeping faith events safe. I mean, yeah. really out of their way. Now, OK, I've been in webinars and meetings and I've been reading risk assessments at midnight from all faiths. Um, yeah. You know, uh, guidance for Ash Wednesday, right down to, you know, how do we make um, the high holy days safe? So this approach is a lot more work for a director yeah. of public health, but you get better results because what you build is a group of faith communities who know how to be COVID safe. Now, if I could do that with every sector of the economy, we have a path to reopening and leaving lockdowns behind us. Yeah. No lockdowns that are blunt instrument they do work but they work at a price yeah and, and you know um my whole ethos is how do we make different bits of society part of recovery i hate closing places i would much rather they operate safely sure, sure. Just doing it when i have to that's i think that's a really good note to pause on uh, and I do, Jim, will you come back so we can talk a little bit about faith and recovery? That would be good, I think, for us to do a specific session on that. But I think it's been good to do a bit of a roundup there. Uh, for those of you joining, thank you for joining us today on Faithful Leaders. And do uh, look at the other talks we've got. Jim and I talked about at the start of things. And uh, we hope to connect with you and hear more from you in the future.